Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith, along with my co-host, Adam Stellman. And on this episode, we'll be previewing our Week 6 matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. So, Adam, let's talk Seahawks. Yeah, back home this week, uh, which hopefully means we've got, uh, we're have got we going to have a good crowd. If, uh, <laughs> if the 12s can bring it, then our... Our defense may get a little bit of a boost, which is obviously something they need uh, every week. Uh, yeah, they they need it. Yeah, well, they need it every week. But the, you know, the, the, this week especially, man, it would be nice to to get a win against the Redbirds. They uh, have, I think, we have the same record. We're at home, which which usually we play them pretty well at home. It's always in Arizona that we seem to have troubles with them. And uh, yeah, I'm looking for a really good matchup this week. It's gonna. I, I think I see it as. We'll get to position groups later, but I see it as strength on strength. Uh, I definitely think that uh, their defenses uh, has been. Their defense has been playing better than their offense, and I think our offense is playing better than our defense. So, well, I don't think our offense has been playing better than our defense. Yeah, our offense has been playing better than every other offense in the NFL. So, uh, definitely playing yeah. better than their offense. So, going back and watching Week Five uh, against the Saints. Was there anything that stood out to you that you'd like to bring up? Not, not really. I mean, I kind of went back to to my biggest thing going back was to kind of see uh, Kenneth Walker and what he is going to bring to the table because he's now our our lead running back, and uh, he still looks like a rookie out there for sure. Uh, but the thing that that caught me most was just his vision uh, with the ball in his hands. Uh, I mean, we I talked a little bit actually quite a bit last week. Uh, about his long touchdown play uh, and, and what he was able to do on that, uh, specifically guiding the safety into his blocker, basically, which is why he was able to get outside and, and, and get that long run. The, the kid shows promise. I mean, he could be the running back that we were all hoping he was going to be when they drafted him. Those of us that weren't uh, spitting and throwing stuff at the screen because they drafted a running back early anyway. I, I think anybody that was upset with him for drafting him... <laughs> Him early is now probably eating their uh, eating their words. Me being one of them because we obviously needed uh, needed him, and I'm sure that, that that was part of the coaching staff's thinking. Not just because I think they knew before a lot of us did that Chris Carson probably wasn't going to be coming back this year, uh, but uh, we just you know Penny as good as he looked uh, at the end of last year and, and even the beginning of this season, uh, the man's never played a full season in his in his career, and. It doesn't look like that's probably he, that may never happen for him. I certainly hope that that does. You know, knock on wood. I hope he comes back stronger and better, and and we get a chance to resign him and, and see him again on the field. But uh, clearly, that was that was in the Seahawks coaching staff's uh, mind when they drafted Kenneth. So um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can bring uh, everything that he brought last week to the table this week against uh, what I think is a not as good of a defense. Um, the Saints, I think, have one of the number one defenses in the league. Uh, the Cardinals do not. He'll be what I'm watching, I think, most this week, uh, at least on the offensive side. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that's good going back and seeing how he worked against a, a decent defense. I'm right there with you with him, though. When he was drafted, both you and I were texting. We are like, why are they taking a running back in the second round? Blah, blah, blah. And look. Yeah, so many so many other needs to address. Yep. And we ended up having to eat our words a little bit on that one. So... I mean, it was a good pick. Definitely, we liked the player. We had nothing about Kenneth Walker, nothing about him being selected at that position. Just we were annoyed about the position that was selected. So it's yeah. it's nothing with him. But yeah, we're going to have to eat our words a little bit on that one. 
I'm looking forward to it personally. I'd love to eat my words. For me, when I went back and watched the game tape, something that stood out to me was something that I've actually been a big fan of for a long time, and that's Disley's blocking ability. If you watch him, he was out there doing the work he had to do. I mean, he made some mistakes. Definitely, Will Disley had that third down dropped pass. Really could have extended that drive. That may have been the difference in the game. There were a few third downs drops uh, that really... No, the, diff the difference in the... The difference in the game was the fake punt. Well, no, yeah, I, we talked about that last episode and I agree with you. But I just mean, we had a few drops on third down that really hurt Geno's stats when it should be on the receivers. But as far as Disley's blocking ability, one in particular really stood out to me and that was on Tyler Lockett's second touchdown. He takes that edge and Will Disley looks like an offensive lineman on this play. He's going up against a defensive end, uh, Tanoa Pasignan. He's one-on-one. -on -one. And like any defensive end going up against a tight end or a running back, they're just going to try to bull rush power right over you. That's what he does. He comes up, Disley absorbs the contact, he drops his hips, he sets his feet back, he gets that good anchor position, and it's a thing of beauty. And really, that is what gave Geno Smith the time to be able to hit Lockett on that deep pass. You know, say what you will about his contract. There are many things he was brought into Seattle to do. I think we're seeing that from all the tight ends this year. They're all stepping up and showing out. But yeah, Disley's block made that play, and it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I, I I I did go back when upon rewatch because I know that we had talked about it a little bit about that last week, and I uh, it was hard not to watch just Tyler on that play because of the 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 route that he ran, um, and and of course the throw from Gino that was just uh, just a fantastic rainbow right right into the basket without Disley's block, um, yeah that play doesn't happen because that 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 clearly would have been a sack had. Well, but <laughs> let's had Kenneth Walker been the, been the chip, chipping uh, guy there. That would have been a sack. Our offense uh, hasn't made a lot of mistakes this year. Part of that's owing to the use of our tight ends because uh, those guys are out there balling out every single play that they're out there, whether it's as a receiver or a blocker. Uh, I mean, they've all been running pretty good routes. Um, I'd like to see us get them a little bit more involved than we did last week. Uh, now, in order to do that, of course, our defense is going to have to get off the field and give us more opportunities on offense. Um, but uh, as much as I love watching Gino's uh, connection with our receivers go deep, because he's been doing really well with those shots, I'd really like to see us uh, take advantage of the middle of the field a little bit more this week. Yeah, no, I, I think tight ends are big. Uh, so there is some team news this week. The team restructured Gabe Jackson's contract, which allowed them to save... $1.76 million in cap space. And they did. How much do we say if we just cut him? Oh, we'll see. We're not going to cut him. I know. I know. Yeah, nobody's I know. really playing well in that position. So we'll see what happens throughout the season. But we're able to save some money. Who knows if they're looking at a signing or if they perhaps uh, are going to re-sign somebody already on the team. Uh, we'll see what happens. But they definitely made a move to save some money. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about re-signings, I think uh, number one on the re-sign list uh, is our quarterback, Geno Smith. Uh, the man has been playing lights out. It'd be nice to get him locked up for a couple more years because he's a free agent next year as of today. And that kind of leads into our transactions for the week. So we had quite a few transactions uh, and a couple guys who saw the transaction list multiple times during the week. First of all, we claimed running back Tony Jones Jr. off of waivers from New Orleans. 
which is interesting that we're coming off a game with them. Everybody expected to see a move at running back. I don't think anybody saw this move at running back, but they did bring in another running back. Nope. And that is Tony Jones Jr. Uh, to make room for him, we waived uh, defensive back Xavier Crawford. We released offensive tackle Liam Ryan from the practice squad uh, in order to make room for outside linebacker Bruce Irvin. You know, former draft pick, former starter for us, coming back, getting with the team. Uh, we also signed wide receiver Kevin Cassis to the practice squad. And then from the practice squad, we signed to the active roster Cullen Giaspia, who has been referred to both as a fullback and a linebacker. I basically just put him in the special teamer category. Seems about right. Nick, Nick, uh, Balor understudy. There you go. Uh, we also released uh, defensive end Jabari Zuninga, uh, brought Xavier Crawford back to the practice squad. And finally, the move we all knew was going to happen that we all kind of hate to see, but running back Rashad Penny was placed on injured reserve. Yeah, I hate to see it. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I've, I, I think all of us in uh, Seahawks Nation, our heart got, goes out to the guy. I mean, he, he played really hard this year, um, and it looked like he was on his way to his best uh, best season as a professional, and it once again ended short. Exactly. Hopefully, he heals up and comes back better than ever. As far as our injury report going into this game, obviously he's on injured reserve, so he's not playing. But also out for this game is wide receiver Penny Hart. We have a couple people doubtful, and the first one's really going to hurt the team. And Al Woods is doubtful to play. I think that really kind of makes a big hole in the defense. Gabe Jackson is also doubtful there on the offensive line. And then we have two receivers, uh, Marquise Goodwin and D. Eskridge, are both questionable to play. Uh, it would have been nice for them to uh, hopefully they'll be able to play and they can uh, take uh, punt return duties away from Tyler Lockett because that uh, that's that's the one thing I don't want to see this week for sure. So uh, we're going in relatively healthy. Maybe we'll see Derek Young in the, uh, the lineup this week. That would be nice. Um, so we're, we're offering we're operating it as close to full strength as I think we could probably get for this game. Uh, luckily, if you want to put it that way, uh, the same can't be said for the Redbirds. Uh, they are going to be once again without James Conner, who is, of course, their lead running back, um, which <laughs> which seems like a good thing. But, you know, it really hasn't seemed to matter who's in the backfield uh, when going up against the Seahawks defense. So, so we'll see what kind of a difference that makes. It will be nice to know that they're not going to have their number one running back, though. They're also, of course, going to be out with DeAndre Hopkins. His suspension extends through uh, this week. Yeah, I think he, he comes back week seven. They, other than that, they're they're looking pretty healthy. Uh, their backup running back, or one of their backup running backs, is also out, uh, Darren Williams. Um, the the only other thing of note really is that Rodney Hudson, their starting center, uh, is still on the injury report this week. He's been listed questionable. Actually, I think he's been questionable every week for this year, uh, and he's he's always played. So we'll see um, whether or not he's going to be playing this game. But uh, I will say that, uh, or of note, though, is their entire offensive line sat out Thursday, or their starting offensive line had a limited practice Thursday, sorry, not set out. Uh, and all of them did start the week with some sort of injury designation. Uh, I mean, take that for what you will. They're off the, the injury report for the week uh, outside of Rodney Hudson. But uh, but who knows? Uh, maybe they're not all at full strength, which, again, uh, could bode well for our defensive line or as well <laughs> exactly. as anything can go for our defensive line. The other thing I've noticed is uh, they're starting, or uh, they're, uh, I believe he's listed as right quarterback. 
uh, Byron Murphy yeah, is uh, Junior is going to be or is is questionable again, which again is another thing that bodes bodes well for our team. Um, there's they've got a pretty stout secondary for the most part, uh, but he certainly is one of the better guys on that defense, and it'd be nice uh, if we didn't have to deal with him this game. But you know, he's he's questionable. Usually that means he's going to play, but uh, who knows? He may be limited. Uh, but again, both these teams look pretty healthy going into this week. Uh, it, it should be a game. I want to see a good game. I would like to see a good game with a good outcome, right? And a good outcome for what I think is a good outcome. But, uh, but yeah. But as far as going into this game, what we want to see, I, Adam and I came up with five keys to success for this game. And so the first one that we said was to establish the running game. For me, I think this is a key in all levels of football in every game. You need to show that you have the threat of the run that'll open up your passing game. It'll allow you to be more diverse as an offense. And we need to show fans and the rest of the league that just because Penny is on injured reserve, we can still run the ball. Kenneth Walker can carry the load. Yeah, I think this is this is the thing that, that might scare me most going into this game about our offense, um, just because I mean, we both you know seen that Waldron has a tendency to get a little cute sometimes. Um, I'm worried that he. this may be one of those things. He, he may try and get cute early on in this game. I don't want to see that. I'd really like to see, again, multiple tight end sets. Uh, and, and I'm okay coming out throwing like we did last week against the Saints and try and build a score early. But I want to see running. Yeah, for sure. And I guess since you said it, we'll go into this next key, which is utilizing multiple tight ends, both in tight end sets as well as in the passing game and have them blocking out there on running plays. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've all seen that, that our offense works better this year when those tight ends are on the field, whether it's one, two, or three of them. Um, and I'd love to see us continue to mix them in. Uh, it'd be nice of them to also hang on to the ball this week. Uh, a few of our few of our guys had the dropsies last week. Um, but, you know, that's going to happen. But again, uh, yeah, multiple tight end sets. I want to see that throughout the game, uh, not only in the, for the running game, but also to help with the passing game. For sure. And let's get the next thing we need to do. We said establish the run. Well, let's flip that to the defense and stop the run, right? Let's make Kyler Murray's arm beat us and not the horrible Seattle Seahawks run defense. Yeah, it'd be nice for once this year to stop the run. It'd be, uh, you know, I mean, we're we're going up against uh, not even the backup running back, but the backup to the backup running back, uh, Eno Benjamin, uh, who's a good runner. I mean, you know, we, I don't want to take this for granted that because we're going up against the backup that we're going to have success. I mean, we didn't we didn't when we were in Detroit. So um, yeah, and they have a good offensive line, which is part of the run game. Yeah, they do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously being without Al Woods is not uh, not ideal when we're trying to stop the run uh, in any case. But uh, we I think we have our best chance this week to stop the run. Uh, considering what we're going up against. And it'd be really nice to see us keep them under 100 yards total for the game. Uh, fingers crossed. I don't see that happening, but that I think would almost guarantee a Seahawks win if we allowed less than 100 yards running uh, by Arizona. So, Is that less than 100 yards running by the running back or less than 100 yards running by everybody? Which is another one of our keys to success is keep Kyler Murray in the pocket. Kyler Murray is, look, I, I, I'm not... Nothing against the kid. I, 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 he's a dynamic athlete, um, but he is not—he's not a great thrower of the football. Uh, he, I, I, you know, he is one step I think below Lamar Jackson, uh, and Lamar Jackson's not known for his arm. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray can both 
throw the ball. Don't get me wrong. They have strong arms. They're they're fairly accurate with the football. They usually take care of it. But neither one of those guys is going to beat you if they can't also threaten in the run game. So, yeah, keeping him in the pocket and keeping the team total rushing under 100 yards, I think would guarantee a Seahawks win because that means that their running game did not get going and Kyler Murray didn't beat us with his legs. The last thing we need, and this is both sides of the ball, this is all phases of the the team here, limit penalties. They've been a little better the past couple weeks, but you have to limit penalties. When our defense plays the way our defense plays and our offense doesn't get as many chances because of that fact, you cannot kill or extend drives because of penalties. Yeah, well, I th- we, we've had fewer penalties the last couple of weeks, but I don't know if we've been better because those those penalties that we've had the last couple of weeks have seemed to come in the absolute worst time possible. I mean, a lot of it's just about heads up football. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we could have avoided those penalties just by knowing when to disengage from blocking um, or, or when not to get our hands on a guy downfield. Um, you know, if it's not a catchable ball, there's no reason to start hand fighting. He's not going to get to it. Don't worry about it. Um, with the offensive line, as soon as that ball is out of Geno Smith's hands, let go of whoever you have. Get away from him. I'm sure they hit that in film this week. Get away from him. <laughs> there were quite a few bad penalties called in the NFL this past week. You know, I think I, we, we we don't always touch on, on, on league stuff, but I'd like to mention one thing this week that I, I apologize about not bringing it up during our pre-show. But uh, these uh, roughing the passer penalties. Yeah. Uh, look, I you know, I understand that the the quarterback is the the most important uh, person on any NFL team. Uh, you know, I'm putting that in quotations because, you know, that's not necessarily true with every single team. But uh, they're what drive the game, right? Scoring drives the game. People like to see big throws. They like to see a lot of yards. They like to see a lot of touchdowns. The way, and the reason that we can get there is because we've got a pretty good stable of quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, and I don't mind protecting them. But when uh, when they get tackled, we have to remember that they're football players, and that's kind of what the defense is supposed to do. So we need to stop penalizing a defense for tackling the quarterback to end the play. Yes, sometimes those tackles can be a little hard, maybe. Uh, uh, and, you know, we have rules to kind of protect against that. But, uh, you know, if you watched some of the football last week, there were, there were certainly two, two calls in particular that I think everybody got really upset about. Uh, and, and rightly so. If you watch those plays, they look both of them look like textbook tackles. Um, the one on against Tom Brady, I think, was one of the better sacks I've seen this year. It was super clean. He got him around the chest, wrapped him up, took him to the ground, didn't drive him to the ground, uh, you know, took him to the ground, and I think rolled under him, as a matter of fact. So I think the, the defender actually hit the ground first. Um, and then Tom Brady got all pissed and, and kicked him like a big whiny brat that he is. You know, I'm not going to reiterate what um <laughs> what uh, a certain quarterback uh, commentator said uh, about the nfl but uh, i certainly agree with the sentiment that he was trying to get across yeah the bottom line is i understand protecting the quarterback you gotta let these guys play it's still football if they're not careful one of these defensive players is going to lose his cool and show them what a real roughing the quarterback penalty looks like and there's going to be some fallout the NFL wants the star quarterbacks to be there every week. You have depth for a reason. If they would have babied the quarterbacks when Drew Bledsoe was playing, Tom Brady never would have got a starting chance. Tom Brady may have been out of the league in three years. 
you have to let the course of the game happen. Now, take the egregious penalties out 100%. You know when it's an, a real roughing the passer penalty. It's obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. Everyone can see but it. Nobody was sitting at home going, oh, that was roughing the passer when Brady went down. Everyone oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw those yeah. flags. Um, anyway, we're running out of time. We're going to move on to our position matchups between Arizona and Seattle. Quarterback, who has the edge? I mean, I, I, I don't know how you can say it's not the Seahawks. Uh, I know that Kyler Murray was the number one overall draft pick, and and he's uh, the one with the big contract, and he's the one, uh, you know, he's, he's the face of their franchise. Uh, but Geno Smith is, by numbers, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, number one in pass rating, uh, number one in completion percentage. I'm giving it to Geno. Yep. Stats don't lie. The way they're playing right now, Geno all the way. So I give that one to the Seahawks. Running backs. Uh, this one, I think, uh, is a little bit of a toss-up. I mean, we've obviously got the pedigree with Kenneth Walker, but uh, you know, we're you know we're we're down our starting running back as well. Um, so I think this is a toss-up. I'd say I I, I want to give it to Kenneth Walker, but I got to see more. Okay, so you're giving it a push? Coin flip. Yep. Push. All right. I am giving it to the Seahawks, and my rationale for that is Walker is better than Arizona's backup backup. So uh, that that's just straight up. I just went level for level. I think. DJ Dallas come in too. Let's see what the stats at the end of this game say. I would I want to agree with you, but I would not be shocked if they if the Cardinals running back uh dang near doubles Walker's yards uh this week. I hope I'm wrong, well, but he is playing the Seattle defense. So that right there automatically spawned the opposing running back 50 yards. Hence me hence me going with the push. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh wide receivers. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, even if even if DeAndre Hopkins was playing this week, I would give it to Seattle. Uh, I do think DeAndre Hopkins has been one of the best receivers. In, I mean, not just me. Everyone knows that DeAndre Hopkins has been one of the best receivers in this league over the past decade. Uh, but he's definitely at the end of his peak. Uh, DK Metcalf is at the beginning of his. He may not even be at the beginning of his peak. He's still just starting. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I think, uh, I would still take Tyler Lockett over DeAndre Hopkins. I will certainly take Tyler Lockett over Marquise Brown. So the Seattle Seahawks. I'm right there with you. Seattle Seahawks all the way for all the reasons that you said. How about these tight end core matchups? Uh, who, who's their tight end? What, Max Williams? Is he still their tight, starting tight end? No, it's Zach Ertz. Oh, right. I almost forgot about Zach Ertz. Uh, so did the league uh, because Zach Ertz uh, wasn't doing anything uh, for about two years until he got traded to the Cardinals. Look, Zach Ertz, I think, is an amazing tight end. Uh, he's certainly, uh, I think, if we're talking just straight receiving, he may be the best tight end on the field uh, Sunday. Uh, their stable tight ends is nowhere near ours. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give it to the Seahawks. I agree. And for the same reasons, I really like Zach Ertz. A uh, huge fan of the guy, huge fan of what he can do on the field. But I think the fact that we have three guys who will impact this game, that gives it to Seattle. I'm sure Zach Ertz will put up better numbers, quote unquote, than our our team will. But that's because our middle of the field is open and he'll be targeted more than any one of our single tight ends. But uh, but still position group, I'm giving it to us. Yeah, so Zach Ertz will put up better numbers than any single tight end on the Seahawks. But the Seahawks tight ends will put up better numbers than Zach Ertz. Uh, from your, your lips to God's ears, I'd really love to see multiple touchdowns from our tight ends for sure. All right. How about the offensive line? Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, they've got some guys with pedigree. I mean, I think, you know, number one, of course, is, is Rodney Hudson, who has been one of the best centers 
in the league for a long time, uh, but he's going to this game hurt. I have to give it a coin flip, though, because even though I think we have better tackles, the inter interior of our offensive line has been playing terribly, uh, and that's their strength. So uh, that's the cardinal strength is the interior of their offensive line. So that's an, this is another push for me. See, I give it to the Cardinals all the way. I think our tackles are playing great. That interior has looked better, but they're still horrible. How about this defensive line? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that I can. I, I yeah, I, I'll, I'll just say the Cardinals. I mean, T.J. Watt may may not be who he or J.J. Watt. Sorry, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt may not be the player he used to be, but he's still a pretty damn good player. Our defense hasn't shown me anything, so I've got to give it to the Cardinals. Yeah, especially with Al Woods out, I also give it to the Cardinals. Linebackers. Uh, this is another one where I, where I would st I would love to say this say Seahawks, but they, again, they've shown nothing. Uh, I think we do have really talented guys, uh, but um, there's a certain guy uh, as part of part of their linebacking core uh, who I think is probably one of the best athletes on the field uh, for any team, and that's Isaiah Simmons. I don't think the Cardinals have been utilizing him very well. Man, I'd love to see him in the Seahawks system right now. Uh, he's not. Uh, we'll, we'll see about next year. He, he's supposed, supposed to be a free agent. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it to the Cardinals again. So do I. I mean, our linebackers have been one of the worst spots on our defense. And so I just cannot give it to them. Uh, defensive backs. Yeah, I mean, I still have to give it to the Cardinals. I hate, I hate, the, I hate doing this because... Um, I do think we've got some, there's the individual players on our team that I love and I really think are playing really well. Uh, certainly our cornerbacks uh, have been playing fantastic. Um, this has not been a great year so far for Diggs, our safety. Um, our secondary has not, they've been, they, I think they've made good plays at certain times um, and they've certainly haven't been the, the worst part of our defense, but uh but yeah, I, I mean, there, there's some serious talent on the uh, on the on the Cardinals defenses on the Cardinals secondary, especially. Uh, so I got to give it to the Cardinals. See, I'm going to go different on this one. I'm going to give the I'm going to give the matchup to the Seahawks. And that's because Byron Murphy is questionable. It's coming off an, an injury. And as much as I like Buda Baker, I think Diggs is due for kind of a statement game. I think Diggs is due to come back and show everybody what he has. And then I got to give Tariq Woolen the edge. I liked what I saw to Ryan Neal last week. So for me, I got to give the edge to the defensive backs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see I can see your point on that. Um, and we all know, of course, that uh, that our receivers can outrun their safeties, uh, or at least one of them can. Uh, for sure. But yeah, it, it's and I, I guess we're just and, and I, I guess I kind of lost the plot a little bit there uh, because I know we're talking about this week specifically. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I think our uh, pass catchers, I do think, have an advantage over their secondary. So yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I will go with you. Uh, I'll, I'll reverse course and say, yeah, I'll give it to the Seahawks. And then special teams, obviously, uh, Michael Dixon is amazing. And Myers has actually looked decent this year. I mean, he had that crazy shank in Detroit. Yeah, and, and one thing I didn't mention during the injuries of, is that Matt Prater will not be playing this game, so... Uh, they'll be oh, using it. Yeah, they'll be using a backup kicker. So yeah, uh, look, as as long as uh, uh, Michael Dixon is is our punter, I I, don't, I just can't see anybody getting the, getting the better of our special teams. Uh, and the special teams has been playing pretty well. I mean, minus a few hiccups uh, along the way, um, we we've seen a pretty good special teams uh, uh, core this year. Uh, I do, I will say one thing about our special teams, uh, Tyler Lockett, please don't be out there catching punts 
for returning punts. Please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Uh, I know he's probably going to, especially because of the the injuries we have to our, our wide receiving core and our running back core right now. But that's I think that's more reason not to have him out there than anything else. But that's just me. All right. So now comes to what we do every week, and that's our predictions for the game. Adam, what's your prediction for this game? Uh, well, uh, I, I hate to do it because uh, we don't seem to have a lot of luck when I pick us, but I do, I do, I do want, I do think I'm going to go with the Seahawks uh, for a win this week. Look, our offense has just been playing lights out. Uh, we've been we've been able to put up points in bunches, uh, even on really good defenses. And even though the Cardinals, I think, have a good defense, they're not a really good defense. Uh, and offenses have been able to score. Um, I also think that uh, um, our defense uh, could, should hopefully make a stand at home this week um and i'd love to see something from i'd love to see a turnover uh, uh for a score maybe from Diggs, more than likely from woolen uh i'm gonna give it to the seahawks my game prediction is gonna be 23 to 17 seahawks all right i for me i struggled with this one because arizona cardinals have kind of had our number in the past years so for me it was hard, but I, I actually talked myself into giving Seattle the win for this one. So my score prediction is Arizona 27. I think the defense is going to let quite a few by. So Arizona 27, Seattle 34. Going for another high score. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we, we've we been putting up points. Uh, certainly 23 would be a kind of a low-scoring game for us. Uh, but we it's a division game, so I think both teams are going to be coming out hot, which is why I kind of went for a little bit lower score in our offense. Um Arizona hasn't been putting up a lot of points. Uh, they haven't played some big defenses, so that's why I didn't really give them uh, a shot to really go over that 20 mark. I'd really hate to see them put over, over 27 points because uh, that's going to be a struggle for us, I think. So I'm hoping it's a lower scoring game than it has been. Yeah, we will see. And that has been the Let's Talk Seahawks podcast. Thank you for listening to our week six preview episode. And we look forward to sharing with you our reactions after the game. Thank you. And as always, go Hawks. Go Hawks.